0: Judge not, lest you be judged. It's kind of the most well-known phrase of Jesus, one of the most well-known ones. It's the one that I know has always been very close to the heart of at least my generation, the millennial generation. Judge not, lest you be judged. Don't judge us. Uh, to be fair, though, that's been every generation. Don't judge us for um, going doing the weird disco dancing in the 70s or the baggy pants or the really high heel boots or the really crazy hair. Don't judge us for our actions. Don't judge us for the way we practice. Don't judge, right? We like that. Well, like many things that Jesus says here in the Sermon on the Mount, that can be taken out of context. The old point of what Jesus was talking about in this part of his Sermon on the Mount was not just to don't judge people, don't criticize people. It was simply to love. People, to love them as Jesus, as God has loved you So you too will love each other and that means if anyone does evil to you You don't do evil back to them if anyone judges you don't judge them and if anyone would even take something from you Just give them everything For what is the Lord God going to give to you? Everything that Jesus is saying to his disciples is on this one very important Christian principle. Love as God loves you. And that, my brothers and sisters in Christ, is what I want to talk to you about today. And of course, as you might have seen by the title of the sermon, one of the greatest stories of love in the entire Bible is the story of Joseph. And to really understand what it means for us Christians to live a life of Christian love to love our enemies, to pray for those who persecute us, and to even be kind to those who would kill us, we have to look at the story of Joseph. Now, many of you, now raise your hands here. I had a couple of people who actually didn't know this last night. Who here is familiar, at least, with the story of Joseph? Some of us, most of us, good. Yes, and even most of us are familiar with the story of Joseph. They remember his wonderful coat of many colors, of course, made famous by Donnie Osmond. Fun fact, I couldn't get this, those songs out of my head as I was writing this sermon this week. But Joseph was an important figure. Joseph was a guy the youngest of 11 brothers who was the favorite of his father Jacob and oh my goodness how Joseph was such a good little younger brother. You know the type that you just want to take and maybe you know slap a little bit actually a lot because Joseph was a brat the biggest brat that you've ever seen in this entire your world because all of his other older siblings were doing good hard decent work going in the fields making sure the flocks were taken care of making sure that work was being done that food was being put on the table doing the good lord's work joseph was up there dreaming doing nothing got a nice little cloak from dad and eventually, coming down to them, he said, Oh, by the way, brothers, I had a dream. I had a dream that you guys were bringing wheat with my wheat, and all your wheat bowed down to my wheat. And then I had another dream where all the stars in the sky, and there's 11 of them, they were bowing down to me. And there was the sun and the moon, and they were bowing down to me. Yeah, you can see why he was a brat. Even the ancient Hebrew goes out of its way to say, Joseph was a brat. and so like any good responsible older siblings they beat Joseph up and threw him in a pit and sold him into slavery that was all Judah's idea by the way Judah who we'll get back to later they sent Joseph off into slavery and Some things happen, he gets thrown in jail for false accusations, he's there for some number of years, and then afterward, and all this happens, he's made a slave, he becomes though the head of this household of Pharaoh in Egypt, gets all the stuff, has a couple of kids, it's all very good, it's all very nice, and then his brothers come back during the famine. And his brothers come back, and they don't recognize him. But Joseph certainly recognizes them. He recognizes them. What do you think he does? Does he embrace them in love? Does he make sure that they are taken care of? Does he make sure they're given grain, bring their poor papa up to live with Joseph and his family in the land of Goshen right away? No. Instead, Joseph says to them, you are all spies. Enemies of Egypt, guards, throw them all in jail. Okay, maybe we've missed some steps along from our Old Testament lesson. But Joseph was angry. Joseph saw his brothers after so many years and he hated them. He threw them in jail. And not only that, after he threw them in jail, they begged with him, please, we're not spies. We're from the sons of Jacob, this little land in Cana. We we only want food, we've come, all 12 of our brothers, even our youngest, Benjamin, is here with us. Please, give us something, we are not spies. Well, how do I know you're telling the truth? I know what I'll do. Eleven of you, go back to your father and tell him what I have said to you. Send me proof that you are actually not evil. Send me proof that you can be trusted with your word. I'll keep one of your brothers behind as a guarantee that you'll keep your word. I don't have to say what will happen to him if you betray us. Will I? Love your enemies. Do good to those who persecute you. I don't think Joseph did that. Pray for those who abuse you. He tortured them. In that, Or at least put them in prison. Gave them grief. Anguish. Return to their father. Joseph knew the pain of having lost the son. Having lost his father. His brothers even said, We cannot do this. Please, please, please. Our dad can't take one more pain. One more thing is going to kill him. And still Joseph did not relent. And of course... Joseph tricked them. The brother came back. All the, all the brothers did, and Joseph said, "Okay, maybe you're good to go. So here, have a feast, have a good banquet, let everyone eat and be filled, and then I will give you your sack grain, and you can go back to your land full of the things that your father sent you to get." And so, after filling his brother with good food and wine from Egypt, giving them sacks of grain to take back to their father to make sure that they were protected during the famine, he goes to one of his servants and he says to him, Take my silver goblet, put it in Benjamin's sack. Do that for me, would you? And they did. And so Joseph's brothers went, were stopped by the guards on exiting before exiting Egypt, were brought back from Joseph. And Joseph said, you thieves, how dare you steal from me? And the brothers said, we didn't steal anything from you. We've been good. Please, let us go home. Let us go to our father. He misses us. Please. No, you've stolen from me. And so Joseph takes a knife and goes to each of the sack grain, has his brothers line up, and one by one cuts the bags. And as the grain pours out on each of the brothers, he finally gets to Benjamin. He brings that knife across the sack. The grain spills out along with the silver cup. And Joseph has them now. This Benjamin will be my slave. Go tell your father that. No, please, they beg. Please, don't do this. We've already lost one brother who was sold as a slave to Egypt, who we've kept quiet these many years. Please, don't do this. It would break our father's heart. It would kill him. Love your enemies, be good to those who persecute you, pray for those who abuse you, give to everyone who begs from you, from the one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back, and as you wish that others would do to you, so do to them. Joseph right now is caught in a bit of predicament, as we are. Because Joseph is us. And I really do mean that. Because Joseph was blessed by God. He was given so much. Freed from slavery by Pharaoh. Given a family, a wife and sons. Given blessings by God. Made him so that the entire world would be saved. Through Joseph through his good storage of grain after predicting a dream and God was always with Joseph he was with Joseph when he was a slave in Potiphar's house his master when he when Potiphar's wife accused him of doing something very bad to her and he was thrown into jail God was still with Joseph and still blessed him made him warden over the entire prison Had him interpret dreams where he was once the dreamer. Now God gave him the power to interpret dreams. And then he rightly gave a prediction to two men. And even when those men forgot him, one because he died and one because he just plain forgot, until later, God was still with Joseph, giving him blessing after blessing, good thing after good thing. And even amidst all the evil things, God was with him. It is the same way for us. We have Christ. God has been good to us. For when we were rebellious, when we were brats, when we were all the things that we should not be, God could have destroyed us. God could have said, well, go away, I don't want you. But what did he do? Instead, blessing after blessing, overpouring, outpoured into our laps, was heaped upon us. For he gave his only son, Jesus Christ, he to love us, to forgive us, to teach us, to show us what it means to truly love God's enemies, because we were God's enemies, turned away from God, given wholly to sin and death and the power of the devil. And yet what did God do? God loved us so much that He sent His one and only son to die, for us, to be risen for us. So that anyone who looks upon the cross of Christ upon the empty tomb shall not die but have eternal life in Christ. And that's the wonderful gift that God has given to his redeemed people. That wonderful gift. And because of that, the one who loved us so much that even when we were sinners Christ died to save us from our sins, gives us then this wonderful gift to forgive those, to love those who hate us, to be good to those who persecute us. Joseph finally got the memo. He did. And after all this stuff, he said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? Come near me, please. And he explained to them all that had happened. Forgiving them. God had already forgiven them, blessed them. Judah, the man who orchestrated all of that, was blessed extremely. Through his line, Christ would be born. And Joseph, seeing the forgiveness that God gave to them, so too forgave them himself. It was hard. And, as you saw and heard, there were some times he failed quite miserably. But he repented and loved his enemy, gathered together those who gave him nothing, who even stripped him away of everything. And so too it is with us. For Christ has given us everything, his very life for ours, his very blood and body to eat and to drink to preserve us and to forgive us our sins, to give us the gift and food that will last into eternity, a foretaste of the feast to come. And God has loved us so much. And we are here then stuck now with two Josephs. And which one will we be? Will we be the Joseph knowing the blessings that we have from God, knowing the wonderful power that we have to forgive sins, the wonderful gift of love of God? Having all of that and having the blessings of God, here stand two Josephs for us to follow. So which one will you? Will you follow the Joseph who condemned his brothers, who imprisoned them, tricked them, gave them anguish, and didn't forgive them? Or will you be the Joseph who looks upon his enemies, his brothers, knowing that they have sinned and wronged him, and love them? Pray for them. Gather them close. Bring them to church. Pray for everyone. And ask that God bless them even more and he has blessed you. For that is what we are called to do. And may God give you the strength to do it in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.